This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, Ed Malone. How are Hello. you? Hi. Welcome to Savvy's newest uh, show, Forbidden Feet. We're so excited to have you here today. We're talking about a very important topic, and that is what is the state of Christianity in our country? A lot of people will define themselves as Christians, but have really fallen short of understanding what does that really mean for us, and how do we have to show up in the world as true followers of Christ, and you're also going to share your wonderful new book, Three Simple Words, um, and okay. we're going to share, yeah, <laughs> Come Follow Me, by, as quoted by Jesus, um, but before we go to all that, you are a pastor. Share with our audience a little bit about your backstory, what brought you to also write your book. Okay. I've been a pastor for 48 years. I'm still pastoring uh, in, in Cookville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm an expository preacher. i preached, uh, you know, which means obviously I, I preach out of the, of the scriptures for years. And as a pastor counselor, I've observed Christianity for 50 years. And, uh, uh, I've, I've, you know, there's some startling things to consider about the present state of Christianity. I read a recent poll that if you ask in the demographic age group of people over 70 in America, 84% will identify in some fashion with Christianity. Obviously, that means true followers to uh, actors and professed believers and all of that. But anyhow, that's that's 84%. But we move it on down to the millennials, 
what's really uh, sad to consider is that percentage moves from 84% with some attachment to Christianity among millennials. What would you guess? Going down to. I, I would guess maybe 30%. Yeah, it's 49, but it's almost half of that shift. So in two generations, we have really lost, Christianity has lost its relevance and its mm -hmm. desirability in America. Now, it's not true in other places around the world. Africa, uh, Christianity is growing by leaps and bounds. The underground church in China, the underground church in, in Russia are growing by leaps and bounds. Under 10, in the 1040 window, where in Asia, middle, uh, uh, the Middle East, uh, mm -hmm. once again, Christianity, it seems that Christianity is growing where they have a faith willing to die for. Christianity is, is so affluent in America, and it's kind of gotten to be an attachment. You know, it's not, you know, as you, uh, you know, at my age, I, I grew up when there were blue laws. Christianity affected the laws of the land. You couldn't shop on Sunday. Couldn't even go fishing on Sunday. You know, it, but now today, we're transgressing all scriptural principles with laws that we're enacting. You know, uh, if, you, if you look at uh, a Christianity from my perspective as a counselor, uh, I deal with people who uh, come with me with problems that I just quite honestly tell them, if you would walk as a Christian with your wife, you wouldn't be here with me today. You know, mm -hmm. and they, they, they kind of get offended. And I said, well, listen, let me tell you what it means to walk with Jesus. And it's not just something you do on Sunday. It's, it's how you regulate your life. You live as he lived. You, you, you walk with his principles in, in life. You know, Christianity American Christianity is in a crisis. Think about uh, looking at the concept of Christianity in America. How would you define it? Well, mm -hmm. Protestant Christianity can't even agree on the qualification for clergy. They can't yeah. agree on the sanctity of life. They can't agree on what it constitutes a biblical marriage. They don't. Uh, some churches don't even think it's important to talk about sin when you meet together, and you know, and, and that Jesus, the first word of the kingdom, was repent. Okay. You know, what I'm wondering, and, and tell me your perspective on this, I'm wondering if this was the beginning of the 60s when they brought the New Age Enlightenment ideas to the forefront in the U.S., you know, with the yoga culture and all that. Was that the beginning of us pulling away from a Christian viewpoint and, and finding something that just feels better? I mean, what's your viewpoint on that? Well, certainly uh, what's happened in American Christianity is not something new. You know, if you look back at the Old Testament, for 600 years, God sent prophets to Israel. You know, most people think of a prophet as someone that speaks for God about the future. But when you read the books of the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets, they, they speak for God about the present, what God is saying about the present. And they, those people who thought they were the people of God, thought they were doing what they should be doing, were, were visited by prophets with the voice of God saying, you're way off base, you're blind, you're deaf, and you're offensive to me in your gathered meetings. Now you come on down into Jesus coming, he walked among us, and when he walked among us, it was the same message. You know, your heart's not in it. You know, you, you speak all the words, but it, it's not something that, that regulates your life. And mm -hmm. in fact, in his challenge of their lack of understanding of what is right, uh, it cost him his life as they took him to the cross. Now, Christianity, in the first part of, of its, of its uh, existence during the time of persecution, a faith worth dying for, they carried on the faith once and for all, given to the saints. But just like Paul said to Timothy, there'll come a time when we'll get a faith that's something that tickles our ears, something that we want. 
and will depart from the truth. Well, uh, you know, Catholicism for a thousand years was a predominant expression of Christianity. The Reformation came in in the 1500s saying, whoa, wait a minute. We are so far removed from the principles of our faith. There's supposed to be a radical shift and change. Protestantism was the birth out of that. Now Protestantism is 500 years old. We've been long enough in existence. It's time for us to say, have we done what the history of humanity has always been? Drifted yeah. away from what really matters to God? Do we even know what matters to God? You know, people who call themselves Christians, I often say to them, okay, you know, they say, well, I believe in God. Well, mm -hmm. demons believe in God. You know, that's, that's not, well, what is your belief? How does it affect your life? Tell me, can you give me five parables that Jesus taught? Can you give me uh, two or three incidents out of his life where you model his behavior and how he responds and, and how he lived and that sort of thing? And they look at you with a, with a blind stare. I said, you know, you know, think about it. Jesus, part of the Godhead, stripped himself of godly privileges, came here and lived among us to give us the truth and give us the way to life eternal. And all he wants in response is, you believe he exists? Come on, man, that's crazy. You know, he gave up so much and died so that he could, you know, it, the miracle. See, the invitation to Christianity, come follow me, is it's an invitation to something that is present and active and personal. He said, you come follow me. It's just like whenever he talked to Peter and John, he said, told Peter at the, res uh, at the uh, resurrection scene there by the lake, he said, you're going to be martyred. And he got up to him, he said, but you follow me. And Peter said, well, what about John? He said, what's that to you? You and I have mm -hmm. something that we're doing. And I think that's a great, wonderful yeah. thing about our faith, that our Lord says, I'm going to walk with you. Not only you get to follow me, but I'm going to empower you to what your journey is with me. Yeah, because everything, you, you don't worry what your neighbor is doing. That, that bothers me sometimes when people are worried about what others are doing. That's not your concern. But here's the other part. When you have Christians saying, well, you know, um, so pe let people do what they want as long as it doesn't hurt me. And they, in some cases, they're going against a Christian lifestyle. And you should be able to speak out about it. But people are like, no, well, that's them. You know, it, like with laws um, of gays getting married or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not really a marriage. I mean, yeah, you can decide to do your thing and it's between you and God, but that's not a marriage as scripted and, and as noted in the Bible. It's between man and woman. They, re they redefine marriage just like they redefine Christianity. As long as I believe in God, go to church, try to be good, that I'm fulfilling the call that Jesus gave. When Jesus throughout his ministry, he kept saying, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow. Follow me in a personal relationship. That's true Christianity. You know, yeah. uh, this other stuff is just empty. And, you know, yeah. what Jesus offers is a living, active miracle for you to participate in. You know, supernatural, beyond any natural abilities that you have, I'm going to, first of all, give you new birth. I'm going to indwell you. And because I indwell you, then uh, you're going to be able to hear my voice, like the sheep and the shepherd analogy. I'm going to be the vine that you're attached to as a branch, and I'm going to flow through you. These are supernatural events. Whenever you walk with Jesus this way, he gives you words to say, or he gives you direction, or he gives you insight to Scripture. All of a sudden, you're participating in a miracle. You know, mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not being taught by, as, as Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood hasn't taught you this, but my Father is heaven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Old Testament long for a day when there'd be a new covenant relationship with Israel. You know, the restrictions of the temple where only the high priest went into the holy place. 
Well, the book of Hebrews says the door is open. Come on in. Come into the holy place. And there, you know, commune with your father. You know, and all of us are going to know God. There's, you know, I would talk to people, you know, say to people, you know, do you just know about God or do you know God? It's critical that you know God and he knows you. Greatest sermon Jesus ever gave, the Sermon on the Mount. He ends it with two warnings. First of all, not all that say, Lord, Lord. You know, how close can you be to, uh, to being in and not being in? They said, Lord, Lord. They were casting out demons and prophesying. And he said, but I don't know you. You're doing this on your own. You're doing it as a religion. You and I are not connected in this personal relationship. He said, everybody's building a house so it'll stand for the coming judgment. One building on the rock, which is me, and one building on the sand be washed away. Yeah, and this is something I'd like us to go deeper into. Um, Christianity isn't a religion. It's the following of Christ. And it it often bothers me. Oh, I'm, you know, my religion is this. It's not a religion. And there is a lot of doctrine and religions out there. But what's awesome, if you are really a follower of Christ, is you're actually not in a religion. It's actually a personal relationship with God, with Jesus. Now, the concern that, that, that I have as a pastor, as a teacher, as any of us are trying to witness to folks and help them understand what true Christianity should entail, there's a theme Jesus has throughout his teaching that fo- folks don't, don't notice. Now, it wasn't just at the end of the Sermon on the Mount that he said, you can get real close, but not be in. You can build your house if you think is going to stand in the end of the judgment that doesn't stand. But it only goes... The prominent leading group of, of Israel with the Pharisees, he said to them, you're not in the kingdom. Even though you believe in God, you revere the scriptures, you tithe, you go to synagogue, you're not in. Your heart is not connected with me. He said, you yeah. go out and traverse the land, make converts, make them twice the child of hell. You know, there are people out there today that are they're twice the child of hell, which means they believe they're in when they're not. So now you've got to help them, you know, doubly hard to reach them because you're trying yeah. to give them something of what they think they have. I tell folks about my book, Three Simple Words, Come Follow Jesus. I'm trying to give people what they think they have, and they mm-hmm. don't have a true. And, you know, the t- story of the ten maidens, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. said all of them wanted to go to the wedding. All of them intended to go to the wedding, but five made adequate preparation. Five didn't. And even so strongly, he says to a group of people at the synagogue who, once again, they're devoted religiously. You know, they're coming to synagogue. They know they listen to the scriptures. They they do all that kind of ritual that's there. But he says, you claim Abraham as your father, but the devil is your father. Well, they didn't even appreciate it. But that, it, you know, this is a theme throughout his ministry is saying, hey, you think you're in, but you're not. Well, this is really a good spot where you just went because you said you think you're in, but you're not. Your, your father is really not. God, it's really Satan. How does someone uh, begin to realize, are you on the inside track or are you falling short? How do they even begin to see where they're at in their journey and where they might need to go deeper and, you know, okay. connect with God? Yeah, let's go there. Right. Let's go there. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, uh, <clears throat> okay. The God of this world is the devil. Mm-hmm. And the scripture teaches us that we're dead by following the ways of the world. I ask folks, you know, what governs your life? You know, social customs, uh, doing the things everybody else is doing, you know, uh, getting the mindset that you get out of the world where we got to be tolerant. We can't talk about Mm -hmm. sin. We can't talk about truth. We can't talk about, you know, what the scripture says. You know, what, you know, do you look like the world? 
or do you uh, look like Jesus? You know, the scripture says, if you say you abide in him, then you ought to walk as he walked. You ought to live as he lived. Does your life represent Jesus or does it represent the world? Are you more concerned about the cues you get from the world and fitting into the world than you are fitting into the kingdom of God? So it's very quick, to, you know, and most people, well, I don't know how to, to judge that. That's because you don't know Jesus. You haven't studied his life. You don't know what he was passionate about, what he was willing to die for. You know, you know, you know, a real quick story at, at, at the arrest in Gethsemane when the crowd came to get him. And Peter slopped off the guy's ear with the sword. And then Jesus said, I'm not fighting. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying go. But then they turned to walk away. And here's the beauty of Jesus. He stops and heals the ear of the guy that's part of the arresting mob. It's only Jesus does that kind of thing. You know, he could, you know, why should he worry about a guy who'd come to kill him, you know, want to take him away? But, yeah. but, but anyhow, the people do not know uh, Jesus. They don't know his teachings. They don't know the liberty that he gives us of life in his ways of what he's trying to teach us. You know, the people in his day uh, got so enraged when he healed on the Sabbath, they wanted to kill him. Now, Jesus says, is that your view of God? You think God wants me dead because I healed this man? It happens to be on the Sabbath. Yeah. You don't know God. You yeah. know? And Sabbath wasn't created for God. He he doesn't need to rest. He's the creator of the universe. We need uh, to rest. He, <laughs> he, he doesn't get tired. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That true. But you know, it's also something I, I worth mentioning is I think often in this crazy modern society with things moving so fast and so many crazy things happening on the planet right now, that I think people have lost touch of what is their true belief period like what do i stand for and i mean that that people will go through life and they're like let's be tolerant let's do this but when you have real in-depth conversations you sip someone down what's your thoughts on this or that or god and they begin to open up and say well i think it's like this or that why aren't you living that why aren't you going about and it's kind of like they put themselves in the box and said well i want to fit in with society i want to fit in with friends families job and you know i think more and more we're going to be able we're going to lose our ability to even be openly outright and, and and share what we believe, whether, you know, in Christ or in life, because we're being so closed minded about it now, not wanting to express it for fear of getting retribution or getting, you know, yes. negative. Yeah. Now, you know, Christianity is not an attachment to your life. Christianity is the meaning of life. You know, scripture teaches us that God placed us here so that we feel after and find God. You know, that's our purpose in being here and then respond to God. And so what I tell folks is, you know, Christianity is not attachment. It's 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 the meaning and purpose of life. You know, it's not I'm a, a Lions Club member or I'm a part of the Civic Club and I'm also a Christian and all such. <laughs> Christianity is my identity. It's who I am. It's who I want to be. You know, the miracle I say to folks, you know, Jesus offers you a miracle. He said, I want to be your shepherd. I want to be able to uh, call you and you'll follow me. I want to flow through you. These are miracle things that God wants to do with you. And it's, it's supposed to be how we do everything we do. You know, scripture teaches us that whatever you do or say, do in the character of Jesus. Whatever you do, do it as if serving him. If that's your way of life, you know, it's not something you happen to do for 20 minutes on Sunday to go, you know, I'll I'll sit down and try to be a Christian and listen to this guy talk and rant and rave. Okay, no, it's my identity. It's who I am. I'm just passing through this place. You know, mm -hmm. that's the discovery we need to know.
that Christianity is not something you just attach with everything else. It becomes yeah. who you are. It yeah, dominates who you are, how you live, and who you serve. Yeah. And then the church thing, if you get together with people, is basically because you're worshiping with others and you're coming together with others of the same identity to worship together one God and not but, like, oh, this is just something I do and cross off my list. Uh, okay. My tour. But it, it's a, your church can be just a spectator event. Christianity yeah. is not a spectator event. It's a participation. You know, you know, I tell folks, church is like the gym is to the athlete. The gym huh. for the athlete is where he trains and where he works out, where he, you come in at halftime, you lick your wounds, and everybody gets regrouped and all that. That's what we're supposed to be doing at church. The game is not going to church. The game is when they say amen, you walk out of that house, and you live it at home. You live it on your street, in your neighborhood. You live it in your workplace. See, devil has got us all twisted around. He says, Christianity, oh, you go to church and you know, put a little money in the plate and that kind of thing, and, and you're, you, you're, you're now identified as a Christian. Yeah. No, church is time out. See, mm. it, it doesn't matter if the athlete can press 600 pounds and run a 100-yard dash in five seconds. If he doesn't get to the game, what value is it? You know, I'm not supposed to go there and just be a spectator and rejoice of how Daniel did it at the Lions did. I'm supposed to get fortified so I can get when they when they say amen, the whistle blows, the game starts again, and we get Good. out here and go. Awesome. Well, this has been awesome, Ed Malone. I'm so grateful you shared with our audience today. Where can they get a copy of Three Simple Words and uh, find out more about you? Well, uh, edmalone.org is, uh, I have a website. They can give me their email address and I can contact them and talk with them. Uh, uh, ChristCommunityChurch.com is my church site. They want to listen to a sermon. Uh, and my book is available on Amazon and normal book uh, seller list and that sort of thing. So it's, it's there. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much. You're a great, great blessing out there to remind people the importance of following Christ. And more than ever, we need God in our lives. And so I, I thank you so much for the work you're doing. Thank you so much, Ed Malone, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting's Forbidden Speech. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at LifeUnscriptedRadio.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.